0: But joining me in the studio right now to tell us more about the fires that were obviously experienced over the course of the weekend. We know that it was an incredibly busy weekend for our firefighters. And joining me in the studio is our Chief Fire Officer, Mark Spain. Oh, let me make sure i got the right uh, microphone on for you. Good morning, Spainy. Good
1: morning, Katie. Good morning, listeners.
0: Now, we know it was an incredibly busy weekend. Um, off the bat, firstly, uh, that fire at a warehouse in Berrimer, it was indeed the NT Health... Uh, um, Warehouse. What exactly happened?
1: Yeah, uh, as we acknowledged yesterday, it um, was a fire ban day. Uh, we're on a shoulder day today. Yep. But uh, you can, as you can guess, fire ban day, we're all on heightened alert. And then uh, you get the phone call to come in to say you've got an industrial fire. Uh, we responded to that. I responded to 21 firefighters to that incident uh, coming from berima Fire Station, hmm. Marara Fire Station and Darwin Fire Station. Uh, and a watch commander uh, to manage that incident.
0: So 21 firefighters needed. How long did it take you to get it under control?
1: Uh, it didn't take too long to get under control. Our primary uh, objective really for that one was to protect assets around that building. We'd already The fire had already taken a really good hold on it. Uh, several really good attempts from our fire crews to get in and knock it down as soon as they got onto one, the other one fled up. So uh, we decided fairly early that that uh, structure was lost to the fire. So it was to protect other assets and other building industry around there to get it going. That fire was still smouldering for a couple of days. I'm just working with Dipple at the moment to get a big... Uh, uh, Earth-moving equipment. We're going yep. to pull down some walls so our fires can get in there and um, extinguish whatever's still burning.
0: Okay, and is it pretty extensively damaged?
1: It's a write-off. It's uh, it's absolutely a write-off. Um, and it is to that. And saying just to put it to some perspective for. Um, uh, people have done mm. is that a warehouse fire of that magnitude would probably have about 100 firefighters attended if it was in another larger city or state. Uh, the work that our firefighters did was uh, exceptional to have uh, avoid any other loss to other industry around that area, so they can pres- uh, assume work today. Yeah. Mm.
0: Now, no one was inside that building, was there?
1: No, that's our primary objective is to. Uh, perform rescue, but also the safety of our firefighters. So that fire was really getting up and going. Um, so once, once that rescue is cleared, we will then protect all exposures, which they did that, and then we'll contain it to the uh, incident, and that's what our fire did yesterday.
0: And in terms of that area today, is uh, is it still closed off? What exactly is the situation?
1: Yeah, that area will be closed off. As I said, that fire was still producing um, some toxic smoke from the product that was in the this thing. We're getting Dippel in today, as I said, to uh, assist us to help the fire investigators, we'll start pulling the walls down uh, as best we can, so we can put out any of the spot fires that are internally into the structure.
0: Yeah, right. It sounds like it was a, uh, a tough one to get under control. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I know that you guys obviously know exactly what you're doing, yeah. but a, a big fire, no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. As, as you can imagine, the product in there, we had vehicles in there, we had our oxygen cylinders in there. they were popping off uh, later into the fire once they were uh, ruptured. Yeah. And then we had all, all the bio, all the products uh, for the hospitals. too. Yeah.
0: And then we also know that there was, um, as you mentioned, obviously uh, the weather at the moment is causing us to to be on on alert for for other fires outdoors. So to get that call yesterday must have been a bit of a a shock, was it? Uh,
1: Yeah, being an emergency service or a fire service, um, there's a part about the job is you just don't know what to expect and when it comes, uh, we just have to respond to it.
0: And then obviously uh, there was, uh, I think there was the Watch and Act at Virginia. Uh, There was actually three other fires, wasn't there?
1: Yeah, I'll just go through it, Katie, if you like. Yeah. as I was looking at the big plume of smoke from the structure fire, I looked over our shoulder and then we saw the grass fires pick up in Thorngate Road, uh, where I have another eight firefighters, uh, career firefighters and volunteer firefighters attend that with the assistance of bushfires NT aircraft, give that if you can uh, imagine uh, that was near Robinson Barracks yeah. uh, where all the armaments are for the upcoming exercise, so that was a priority for us. Um, the fire crews there, It's it pretty clear, so they've Worked tirelessly on that one and that took several hours. Uh, the Eugene fire kicked off in the afternoon. Uh, that one moved rapidly and took out a lot, number of outhouses and um, livable quarters, not residents, but uh, livable quarters in that area. Yeah. And once again, I had to redirect the aircraft assets from Bushfires NT to that fire as prioritised. As a result of that, I had the assistant chief fire officer head out to that one to assist the fire crews that I. Already dispatched from the Barrowman Fire to assist in that one, so it's huge day. Uh, and
0: we did get told that at that fire in Virginia that there were um, some puppies rescued.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard that directly, but uh, that would be our priority. Uh, always save animals if we could. Yep. Uh, and by the sounds that we've done that once again, all those grass fires were assisted by our volunteers of the day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, Spaney, um I know that earlier last week you and I spoke because the fire station out at Humpty Do was closed for a day. Uh, we started receiving phone calls and messages on Friday saying that the fire station at Berrimer was closed on Friday. Um, was that the case?
1: Yeah, no, it, it was. It wasn't. Uh, I'll say that again. It wasn't. OK. Uh, I, I have a minimum staffing crew to maintain in the area, so I have to redeploy my assets uh, seeing fit. So this, in this option, I chose to keep Humpty Doo station because of the bushfire weather, so I re- kept that station open. Um, and then I redirected some assets from Darwin Station into Berrimar, where I had a watch commander sitting there and three others. So that would have made a temporary crew up to keep that station o- open and to assist other emergency responsibilities.
0: How big an impact, though, does something like that and those staffing levels have then when you have a day like you had yesterday, where obviously you've got 21 firefighters out on a major fire out there in Berrimar?
1: Yeah, I had 21 at. Uh, on that day, so you yep. can imagine my emergency response areas from the Darren area, uh, Marara, and the Barrowman area are all tied up at that one incident. So therefore, I had Palmerston to protect the rest of the areas of Palmerston and surrounds, um, but also have the support from the volunteers. So what we do is we'll just prioritise um, our incidents and address accordingly
0: is that enough do you i mean do you have enough staff to to be able to deal with everything or have we got a situation here where there's any concerns with safety when you are having to close down a fire station
1: absolutely there's a lot of concerns about it um, and what we do is normally fill those stations with overtime uh, and at that moment even now we're still having people who are not volunteering to fill that overtime position, so it doesn't leave me too many options. So I have to actually manoeuvre, manoeuvre assets around to best protect the community at the time.
0: We have had messages coming through on Friday. Some people uh, who are obviously firefighters saying, uh, "I was never, I was never called to come in and fill a shift."
1: Yep, yeah, that's correct. They were the uh, night shift crew that uh, worked that night, um, and then uh, they would have worked the next day, and then they would have had to have their nine-hour break after that for their second night shift Um, at that time it was looking like i was going to have 13 14 vacancies of a 23 person shift uh, on the night shift so some of those firefighters weren't called i was able to uh, maneuver uh, crews around to keep all the stations open don't didn't go under my minimum manning uh, and to do that as it was we still struggled to fill all shifts on that night shift Um, so yes i can't. just really have to manage fatigue levels. I already have a few firefighters and station officers who have actually um, worked above and beyond um, their capacity. They've exceeded 24 hours on some cases where I've just had to stand them down and give them a break.
0: Yeah, look, I guess a lot of people listening are probably feeling a bit like me, where they don't really know what the overtime's all about. They don't really know, you know, how you manage the fatigue levels and all that kind of thing. But what they'll be, you know, wondering is if the community is is being put at risk in any way here. Um, Are they due to people not... Filling those shifts.
1: Yeah, as I said to you many times, Katie. Uh, Darwin is a growing place; it's expanding. We're at Koolalinga. I'm working closely with government in relation to addressing some of the issues around around this. Um, the growth. You know, we're looking at tourism. We're looking at uh, big industry, so we need to grow with that. So that's that's a constant conversation I'm having with government. Um, are we putting Uh, people at risk, Uh, pretty much what I said yesterday is that if you live in the rural area, you really should have your bushfire survival plan in place. You should have your fire breaks in place by now and and definitely on a fire ban day, don't go using grinders, don't go slashing your block, that's far too late. Uh, So uh, there is a little bit of uh, resilience for people to uh, address in those areas that they want to live but um, we'll always send assets to those we can't send firefighters to every address uh, we only have finite resources to work do we with.
0: do we have enough firefighters or or you know what's going on here
1: uh well as i said the other day and i think i copped a barrage of text messages but we are in the middle of uh, enterprise agreements between the united workers union uh, Irina early uh her group and the ocp commissioner of public employment that's the uh, four year negotiations so um, read into what you will so
0: I mean have we got a situation where some people are not turning up to work because they want to get paid more
1: I think they are through the negotiations are uh, looking for um, a difference of what they've been offered through OCPE uh, and as a result of that they will just go on and um, work through that I, I don't control that environment uh, that will be controlled by whoever's on the shift
0: all right, well, Mark Spain, Chief Fire Officer with the Northern Territory Fire and Rescue Service, we always appreciate your time. It sounds like it was a really busy weekend. A big thank you to all of those firefighters who were out there on the weekend fighting those fires. It uh, would have been a difficult situation and I know that the community appreciates it.
1: Yeah. If I can just thank those uh, firefighters uh, that turned up again today who spent all night last night, um, turned up to fill shifts. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much for your time this morning, Mark Spain. Thank you.